and start talking about forensic stuff. Let's talk about the podcast. Note it. Two minutes is when we actually start talking about forensics. Great. So Two minutes is when we start talking about forensics. Cut out all that stuff that we just talked about on yep. mic uh, that I will just save for future blackmailing. Yay, blackmailing of Melissa. Yay. So um, let's jump right in. Let's talk about our week. Um, did you have anything exciting happen this week? Um, no. I also want to point out that I requested once again to record this podcast laying down and was once again denied. It's true. But in my defense... I forgot again. Fair. And you helped me set it up and you could have turned the microphone down to the floor and I'd have been like, you know, oh, I, know. Yeah. I barely oh, yeah. know how to operate these microphone stands. <laughs> I am not figuring out how to, I cannot even like adjust it. It is still in the exact adjusting that you did for me like <laughs> two years ago when you first got them. I am not going to figure out how to fix it up for myself to lay on the ground. It would be me like, it would be me like drunk comedian on his like third <laughs> comeback tour holding the microphone to my mouth or trying to use Let's my cleavage as a microphone no nothing good happened to me this week <laughs> but okay. did you have anything exciting happen this week um well besides prepping for my <laughs> tournament i do have a pretty big life change that's happened kurt did something happen to something you? happened yeah um i made the decision to quit my day job and go back to focusing on audio work full-time yeah Yay. So that's really exciting news. Almost and one full year there. Oh, no, it, I, it was one full year on February 14th. I started on Valentine's Day. So you made it one full year. And then you were like, yep, back to the other stuff. Well, it just the other stuff was building up. and Yeah, I you was, were turning people away, which I is was, very exciting. Yeah, so now you point. can take it all in. Exactly. So I was turning good money away when I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be when you grow up. So, yeah, I shouldn't I should stop turning away that work and instead turn away the the day job, which is perfectly lovely. And I have enjoyed my time there and the people mm-hmm. there. But it's not what I want to do long term. Yeah. So it was I very much admire you leaving the like steady, safe thing and, and doing the risk thing. Right. So, well, you're I, an inspiration to people like me. Good. I hope they think practically, though, because like that's why I have John. He's like the angel on my shoulder. who mm-hmm. And the money in, in your pocket. Encouraged, <laughs> encouraged me to get the job in the first place. Who like, you know, when it came time to make this decision, rightfully pointed out that now that we're married, I can get on his insurance. And that was a big deal. It was a big part of why I got mm-hmm. this job in the first place, because we were afeared that the Republicans were going to take away Obamacare. And that has persisted, but also now we're married and I can be on his insurance. And so like, he's the practical side. And when John finally said like, well, you could do it if you wanted to, I was like, great. Yeah. I want. Your husband's like pretty, pretty darn, excuse my language, bitching. He is. He's pretty amazing. I'm going to leave that one in. Apologies if anybody was listening with a, a tiny child. I mean, I don't I don't think that the word itself, like that phrase is actually a cuss. It's just that it has a cuss inside of it, you right, know? Right, right. Um, but you know what? That's not a bad transition. Uh, my wonderful husband. We can transition to talking about my tournament. Your tournament, because it was your turn this weekend. It was my turn this to weekend. To be full of dread, stress, and um, self-disappointment. Yeah, except... I gotta be honest. This was this was the year where like I think I've finally done it enough. Yeah, it was the was most totally, chill thing ever. I was totally zen about it. Like, okay, I know what needs to get done. I have my list. I know when I can do it. And I just got stuff done. You just did the dang thing. I just did the dang thing. And for a long time, it looked like it was going to be a smaller tournament than years past. And then this past week, everybody registered. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being the biggest tournament I've had yet. 
which is just fine. Um, now that we've expanded into urban middle school again, we don't, I don't really have to worry that much yeah. about space. I did reach a point this week though, where there, I like hit my room limit and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can't have any more sections. Yep. You can. I was like, so I had to cap it like on Thursday and I was like, okay, if you have entries, you can still send them to me. Cause there's like, I have spots, but there are some categories where like, if I spill like from three to four, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's also cause like North high is changing and every year there are certain rooms I can go in and certain rooms I can't. And this year there were just a lot of rooms I legitimately could not use. So it was, it was good. And I did not want, I did not think I was going to get to the point where like I had like, like 500 entries where like I'd have to use more of urban middle school mm-hmm. than I do. So it was just a judgment call halfway through the week to be like, I'm going to put a cap. And if you want to add people, just email me. And then that way I can control where the adding happens. And it, and it totally turned out fine. I did not have to say no to one single yeah. person because nobody wanted to add in a category where I couldn't add a section mm-hmm. um, or they did, but somebody else had dropped. So everything was in your worked, favor. It worked out just fine. And like, as far as the day of, well, this is why it was a transition with my amazing husband. He handled all of the food for the judges lounge this mm-hmm. year. So like we, he spent a lot of time in the evening this week, like making he, tacos. Y'all, he made a spreadsheet. It was impeccable. I was here mm. on Friday because I took off Friday afternoon to help you with your tournament stuff. And we came here to start like gathering things. And I saw the spreadsheet. I think it was even on a clipboard. Yes, he likes I his was clipboard. like, oh my gosh, I, I, I loved it. Yeah. I'm very like that, like a thing that is just like platonically and romantically attractive for me is organization. And so I was just very platonically attracted to your husband's clipboard. Yes. He uh, had a spreadsheet. He went to Costco on Monday. He cooked taco meat, both chicken and beef throughout the week. He made seasoned rice. He had all the fixins, mm-hmm. had a beautiful taco bar, great spread for breakfast, got us our amaretto creamer that we like so oh, much. So good. Um, and yeah, so like that was just a thing that like, even though I was watching him kind of stress out about it, I wasn't having to stress mm-hmm. out about it because I was like, I know he has it handled. He's got it. It's going to be fine. My booster mom organized all of the parent and student volunteers for the she concession She was so intense. Stand. I loved her. She is. She is. She's like one of those high energy people that I could never be. Mm-mm. Like, But she is just a ball of energy and a force of nature and just got it done. So like that I didn't have to worry about. And the rest is just running a tournament. Yeah. I didn't I, even know she was your booster mom. I told the story to you yesterday, mm-hmm. but I was work. I came back from working at the middle school to the tab room at the high school and I was sitting at the table and all of a sudden this woman walked up decked out in Sheboygan North Raiders gear. And she was like, I need to speak to Kurt. And I just knew that I did. I wasn't even going to ask what she wanted. I turned around. I was like, Kurt. Yeah. Nah, this lady now. <laughs> this is not a person I stand in the way of. Nope. I was just, I, yeah. I think I even like physically pushed my chair out of the way from her. So like I was not even like in line of sight or anything. Yeah. She so. was, she was great. So I got, I, again, it was just a great day. John killed it in the judges lounge so, and so good. We, our significant others both got to help. Yep. Um, my platonic significant other, yep. Katie. And then, and then Dan Berkey, my co-coach, his wife was there to help in the, so the uh, three of them just held it yeah, down. Just, so Katie, Mary and John, they're a dream team too. Like we all hung out yesterday awesome. and they were just like, they're just like running down, telling us their stories. They have all their inside jokes already now. And we, and we were, three of us were all just like, 
Look at that. What is even happening? We're just that. not even cool enough to be sitting with the three of them anymore. And then uh, you had your opportunity to corrupt Steve Schmidt and Shelly Utke yeah, over I, at yeah. the middle school. I just spent my entire day yesterday just just shooting the breeze with Steve and Shelly and just, you know, corrupting them slowly. But like also taking ballots and of entering course, them correctly? Of course. I was definitely, okay, yes, great. I definitely tabulated <laughs> everything over there. I, we only had four categories and not that many judges and everyone was very on top of things. Also... Hopefully at least one of the children who was doing this listens to the podcast. There was a group of like 10 kids who were just doing guided meditations between every round, literally laying on the floor in the hallway with a cell phone on the ground, but in between, in like the middle of the circle, just doing guided meditations. But because I'm me, I was not very respectful of it because it was only like 30 feet away from the tab table. And so obviously Shelly and Steve and I just continued our conversations, mostly about how they were doing guided meditations, right. laying on the floor of a middle school. How many wanted to be like, yes, yeah, Sue the custodian was great, and I'm sure she does a wonderful job, but you're still laying on the floor of a public middle school. Right. Let me tell you, of the people, like of the, the floors in the school district you would want to lay on, I bet that's one of the cleanest I bet Susie, she was on yeah. top. She was incredible. Is, she is on top of her. Yeah. Speaking her of people, women who are on the ball, Sue is one of them. She yep. was great. Yep. And she just wanted to get out of that building, but she, she was so complimentary <laughs> to the kids. She said that everyone was so respectful. She was so surprised how quiet everyone was, so... Good job, those kids who were at the middle school. And again, thank you to Steve and Shelly for keeping me company all day. That's great. Yeah. Everybody was good company. And admittedly- You mean your all-white, middle-aged all male harem? Yes. It was one of- I didn't plan it, but I did realize it once it happened. Once we were all sitting there, I was like, oh man, I just picked a bunch of white guys to be in my tab room. I like, just- Like, no yeah. females, except for the two, like you and Shelly. Which but you, I, you sent us off. You, and, and you sent school. us off and you had Steve to chaperone us uh, to make sure nothing happened. No. No, well, Steve was your personal request. Steve was, I've requested Steve. Yeah, and, and I just thought Shelly like, was like a nice addition to that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I've had some chance to like sit down and talk with Shelly because I was in her tab room, but I know you hadn't. Yeah, really. I haven't. So I was like, and it was this, great. I was like, I think those two are going to get along. So I, I put her over there, not thinking about the fact that what I was left with was just nothing but middle aged white men. Mm-hmm. So. Which I described as if you line them up in the appropriate order, it would be the various stages of male pattern baldness. Not going to apologize for that joke. It's freaking say, funny. Now it's out there. And now so. it's funny and it's true. And I hope that all of the men who are in that room have the self-confidence <laughs> enough to appreciate that joke because it's really good joke. Okay. All right. I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to stand for my own joke. Thank all you very right, much. Mary. Okay. okay. All right, Mary. Um, <laughs> wrong <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. podcast. All right. Um, but anyway, you ran a great tournament. Thank it you. was lovely. Now it, both of our tournaments are done and now we can freaking... Relax, which is what we both did today because it was our first Sunday off in quite some time. Yeah, a few weeks. I did so. not get I did not get out of my bed until 10 a.m. today. Oh, that's John and I went to breakfast this morning. It was great. I I Katie and I mostly, thought about it. Mostly because I wanted to avoid the mess that was our kitchen. Fair. Because like we still had all the dishes to do yeah, from, from yesterday. The and I was like, so John and I woke up and we were just chatting and I was like, let's go to breakfast because I would like to bypass the kitchen entirely. <laughs> you can, you get, don't even have to look at it if some, you don't want to. I didn't. Go get some coffee, eat some a hearty breakfast. Where'd you and go? Then, uh, we went to Sheboygan Family Restaurant because nice. you had mentioned it in front of him. And he was like, what if we go to that place? So that's where we went. And it was. It was just like this greasy spoon, great yeah. breakfast on a Sunday morning. And then we came back fortified, ready to tackle the dishes. And we only got in one tiny little fight. 
Oh, good so for you. So we really, we made it through the whole weekend without, without fighting. So if, hey, if there's ever a, a test of, of your marriage, it's, it's putting on a forensic tournament. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned that we had a little get together after the tournament yesterday. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where this week's topic came yeah, from. Which all By like the way, the guys, if you're, episodes are. Yeah, if you're noticing that like we're on like speed round forensics faces, it's cause we are. Yeah. We're just, we're hopping from topic to topic today and we're going to make this a short one. Mm-hmm. Blame it on me because I'm having intense mouth pain and I want to get out of this as quickly as possible. <laughs> right. And, but also we have like apparently the most, intense episode of RuPaul's Drag Race to go watch. Thank you to everyone who knows how like into it we are and who made sure to go out of their way yesterday to not spoil it for us. I genuinely am so grateful to you. Also, John Peschel will have listened to this after watching it. We are going to be FaceTiming John Peschel while we watch the episode. But are we thank actually you. doing that? Yes, of course That's we not are. not a joke? Okay. No. Everyone who did not spoil it for me yesterday, I am like truly, sincerely like almost emotionally grateful. So thank you because I am so nervous. The internet was shook after Thursday's episode. So I, like, I haven't been on social media. Like, yeah. People have been bringing it up. Like, I know you haven't watched yet, but oh my God. Oh. And it's like, oh man. Okay. So we're, we're getting to that. Yeah, and also but it's the Oscars we've, tonight. Yeah, so. We've got a lot happening in our pop culture lives. Um, so, so we're talking about what we talked about yesterday. So we were discussing how, um, like, so with hosting tournaments, especially in forensics, you are buying extra trophies sometimes because you have categories like Clayton, Group, and Terp, or you like are buying team trophies and you don't necessarily have all the teams in that division. So a lot of forensics coaching sometimes is acquiring all these extra trophies. And it just led to the conversation well, of not, like, yeah, like what are we doing with like, there's just so much trophy. And it's like, let's, let's evaluate why exactly we are giving out trophies, not necessarily why we are awarding it or those sorts of things, but like why trophies specifically when they are cumbersome plastic, ridiculous things that you stop really kind of caring about after mm -hmm. a little while. And it really came from Dan's wife, Mary, who made a point of being like, what happens to all of those things? Cause like Dan and I will sometimes have to take the team trophies and just split them up. Cause like, where do we put them? And she's sick of having like the few that she has. And I'm like, Mary girl, you, (laughs) you barely have any. Yeah. Um, but she's like, why, why, why do we have these things? And I was like, good point. Um, so let's break that down. So we, yeah. we all give out trophies. Most of us do. And the point I made to her was like, you know, if we were going to make this change and stop giving out trophies, it would be something that we really need to do probably across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some tournaments that don't give out trophies. They give out medals or plaques or something different. Mm-hmm. And when it's something different, it's often like, the kids, if especially if it's their one time powering and they don't get the trophy that they see everybody else getting. Yeah. It can feel like they got a little gypped. Yeah. They got a left lesser experience. The, they didn't. I don't I don't have any problem with people wanting to give away something different. Mm-hmm. Fine. But for kids who watch people get trophies week after week and they finally get their moment and they finally get in the top three and they're handed something that's not a trophy. It is disappointing for them. So like. That's why I still order trophies. Yeah. I make them trophies because it's what kids are used to getting. Um, But what if we made the change, guys? And so that conversation happened last night. And I was like, why don't we just talk about it on the podcast? Because it's like our our forum for Mm -hmm. being able to put ideas into the world. So what if it wasn't trophies? Because they, as someone who has talked on the podcast before about being a giant eco hippie, they're relatively a wasteful thing. Like I... 
Okay. I did not get very many trophies when I was in forensics in high school. I was not very good. So I only have like one trophy left in my high school experience. And yes, I still own it, but it's in my parents' basement in a box. Like I'm not displaying it anywhere. Um, but also we both come from schools where our like school building does not display our team trophies. They just don't. We, they make we, it very difficult. They make that. it incredibly impossible. And some people come from schools where their administration is super supportive, but we are not. And you don't teach in your building, so you don't have a classroom to display them in. So right now I'm looking at you and your team trophies are displayed on a bookshelf behind you. Um, and those are all at least two years old. Yeah. There's you, other not ones even that the fresh have, ones. They, they just sit in my car yeah. for weeks on end. Or and there's a big box in the storage room behind you just full of team trophies. Yeah. Like, what do I do with these? And luckily for me, Ben coaches or teaches at the school that um, we coach for and so he has a classroom. And so all of our trophies are displayed on a shelf in his room. But at the same time, like we run out of space for those sorts of things. And so it's this it's just like this thought process of like, uh, like there's an instant gratification. Yes. Of holding a trophy. Students make it a goal like their goal in a season is like I want to get one trophy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but then you're like, OK, you're not you're not. You don't want to get like top three. You're saying you want to get the trophy, but it's a very instant gratification thing. You're holding the trophy, take the picture of the trophy, and then it sits right. and it collects dust. And I still think back to my former competitor, Mackenzie Berkey. Um, the summer after her senior year, her family had a really tragic house fire. And one of the things that happened in her house fire was her collection of trophies just melted and molded together into this like giant, like scary conglomeration of plastic and metal and marble. And and how she was like, I almost regret that I like had held on to them for so long, even though she had just graduated. She was right. like, those aren't one of the things that I'm that I miss or that I wish that I still had. Like there there were there were pictures from forensics and like things that were like jokes and like her team T-shirts and things that were more mm-hmm. that meant more to her. So it's it's the idea of what we as an association and an activity have attached to those trophies and how we can sort of change what they actually mean because right. we talk one of the things that you and I have both said before and one of the things that I like really pounded in at my judges meeting was the idea that for almost every kid who is coming to a forensics tournament like 80% of them if not more than that are only walking away with their critique sheets so we put so much emphasis on making sure critique sheets are a good thing because that is what those kids are walking away with as their gratification for having completed that day and so maybe we need to change the tune of what trophies and medals are meaning so we can give away something else that means a little bit more. We don't or know what it, that is. It means say- the same amount of stuff. It's yeah. just like trophies are not a practical thing to carry with you through life. As no. you said, yours is sitting in a box in your parents' basement. If my parents haven't thrown them away, mine yeah. are all sitting in a box in, the, in an upstairs closet. I know where we were keeping them. <laughs> I don't know if they're still there or not. And I don't care because I don't want to bring them with me through no. life. Um, I'm telling you, I moved trophies from my last place to this place. And that was annoying Mm -hmm. because it was like, why am I carrying all of these trophies from one house to the, to another? The experience was great. The achievement of my students at the time was great, but I don't care about these things. No, they're not practical to take with you through life in a way that like you're going to display in your adult home. And they're not something you get to recycle either. One thing New London a few years ago, like gave out recycled trophies. So they asked people to like to give back their old trophies and they took a bunch of old team trophies and re plaqued them to give away. But like you can't donate your trophy to a charity to, to resell. All you can do with them is throw them away, which 
You sucks. can you can bring them to some trophy places. Some trophy places will take them back and they'll reuse the parts. Um, uh, and especially if you buy your trophies from there, from they'll them, probably yeah. give you some credit. Uh, so that is something you can do if you've um, amassed a lot of them. But again, it's not like teams get a lot of trophies. Individuals get trophies. Mm-hmm. The, ki- the kids don't bring like their first place in solo series acting and bring it to their coach who can then trade it in to get yeah. a deal when they buy their next trophies. Every team that hosts a tournament is spending money on these things. And like <laughs> so a lot much of money. money. Y'all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have a, a place that I like to go to the crown awards online that I think is extremely reasonable as far as buying these mm-hmm. things, but they are still like a big percentage of the money that I spend to put on a tournament. Thousands of dollars are in trophies alone. Yeah. Just so, well, not quite a thousand, but, but for some, depending on the quality, some people, yeah, some go, people intentionally buy really high quality things to give out to students. Cause they know how important just, students find them to be. If I bought them at my local trophy place, they would be thousands, but that's why yeah. I like buying them online. Yeah. Um, it is, it's a huge expense that eventually after the day, after the year, certainly after graduation, nobody's using these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, so one, listeners, tell us what your ideas are. I've had a few, like, I think the first most obvious one would be like the medals that we're already giving out. Yeah. We could have more medals that look just like, you know, a little bit bigger, maybe more like Olympic medals. But even then, like they can't get too big because then if you're going to like affix them to a, a, letterman's a letterman's jacket, then they can't be insanely large. Um but like that's, I think, probably the most obvious one since we're already giving them out. We could mm-hmm. all just transition to giving away medals. It's still a thing, though, that you don't really take with you and probably is going to end up in a lot of people's drawers and yeah. then eventually throw in a away. closet. So one thing that I was thinking about was the NFL um, degrees and how like you get your one certificate, but then you get different badges that you can add mm-hmm. on to it. And those are just stickers. But There's a part of me that wonders, like, could we find a system like that where you earn some smaller thing and then at the end of your forensics career, you could get like a plaque to which all of these things could affix. And then it's like something you have then for the rest of your life. It's something you could hang in an office Mm -hmm. as you get older, you know, because it's a plaque that says, you know, your name and how, you know, what. I don't know when you graduated or something. Yeah. Um, and then just has like a bunch of, I don't know, little name plaques yeah. that say the, the tournament and the achievement and what place you got. Mm-hmm. And then you just affix them all. And now, now you have a thing that you can take with you from place to place. Um, and I'm like, at first I was like, well, how would you even know what size to order? Cause you don't know how successful you're going to be. Then I was like, well, maybe that's something you do at the end of your forensics career. Yeah. Or at the end of your forensics career, you can be like, no, I'm just going to keep these little things in a baggie. I don't want the big display thing. Mm-hmm. But something, some way to be able to display it as you move through your life and you're not carrying with you a huge box of stuff. Yeah. It just it it somehow becomes one thing instead of. All of the things. 20, 30, 40, 50 things. Also a little less ostentatious than a. A metallic trophy. Right, right. I have no, I have no suggestions for something different. I like when, when, when teams do something a little different with what they're giving out, but it's always, always still with trophies. Like some of them put candy in their trophies, or they award like we put little tiny origami stars in all of our things, and people 
freaking love those little origami stars so much. I think they like them more than the trophy. But if you're if you had some sort of like thing that you were giving that is more tangible, but also less long lasting, like if you were like if I just like baked various sizes of pies for every person who came <laughs> and then they got a pie and then it's like a fun memory, like the the memory of eating their second place, like special occasion pie with their team on the bus ride back like that memory that you're making with that means more than, than the trophy that lasts kind of for the time that you're in the activity. Right. So a lot of pies that have to make though. So I was going to say, and also you'd have to worry about food allergies, which you could never predict. So I don't know that I get what you're, I get that as I an just example, like but, it, but it wouldn't work. I know. Like, but I understand. The but that's example. why, that's why we have all of our really smart, example. wonderful friend listeners who will come up with amazing suggestions mm-hmm. that some of us will be able, be able to implement next year. Right. So yeah, forensics community, let's start talking about trophies. Are we spending too much on them? I think yes. Yes. Are they wasteful? Yes. Unfortunately, yes, they are. Do kids still love getting them? Of course. 100%. Do we love giving them to kids? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. It makes for a great photo op. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, we're going to need to change yeah. uh, how we how we do this. Especially as more and- schools are trying to figure out ways to um, make the activity cheaper because it's a thing that people have to do with budgets changing every mm-hmm. day is trying to figure out ways to make the activity cheaper. And this is definitely one aspect that we could do so. Yeah. So let's, as an organization, as a state, as as a nation of forensicators. That I just would, got so real. I would love, no, well, maybe other states are doing different things. But yeah. I mean, I still see. That's why we of, always want other people to tell us what they're doing. A lot of my coach friends on Facebook still show their kids holding trophies or big plaques. And yeah. again, they're, they're individual for the tournament. And like, what do you do with all those things when you're done with them? Plaques are going to plaques, same as trophies. You're not going to carry them from house to house and like Mm -mm. do a display wall when you're in your forties. That's just silly. One plaque where you can be like, this is all of the achievements I've had Mm -hmm. different. I would put that up in my house. Yeah. I would love to have that as I would love as a man in my thirties to have a memento of how I did in forensics. That'd be great. But all I have are trophies and they're sitting in a box somewhere. Or they're just long gone in the trash. Maybe. I don't know. Haven't asked about them recently. Yeah. And I don't think my parents listen to the pod. Oh, darn. So on that note, we're, we want your feedback, listeners. Uh, tweet at us, Facebook us, send us a message, send us an email, listen at forensicsfaces.com. Also, I just, I know that none of you can see this, but both Kurt and I are wearing um, blue t-shirts and hoodies today. It just makes me feel really connected to you emotionally. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad that that's what it, that's what finally did it. For yeah. You. Uh, all this time I've been feeling really detached from you as a person, but now that we finally both worn a hoodie and a t-shirt that is blue on the same day, I am just so ready to be friends. Okay. Well, good. Here. <laughs> what, what joys our future holds. I cannot wait. Okay, guys. Um, that's the end of today's episode. We're gonna go um continue relaxing mm-hmm. and uh decompressing from two crazy weeks in a row. But uh yeah, again, if you have any comments about ideas for trophies or any thoughts about our Oscar picks, 
uh, or any reactions to this past week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 3, you can reach out to us on social media, comment but, on but Facebook. Wait. Yeah, wait. Wait. until. Well, we, by the time you're listening to this, we're done. Never mind. Yeah. You're fine. I'm so afraid. Well, wait. <laughs> don't so don't tell afraid. us anything after the episodes come out on Thursday. Only say anything on the Monday after. But yeah, comment. We're on Facebook, Forensic Faces, Twitter, at Forensic Faces. Slide into our DMs. We'd love to see you there. Um, or email us. Listen at ForensicFaces.com. Exactly. Bye, guys. Bye. Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more info, including a link to purchase official Forens of the Pod merch, go to ForensicsFaces.com and also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa. I encourage you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Preferably in that order.